I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Dirt on Flowers. I'm Lindsay. I'm back. <laughs> I'm a little more refreshed. Yes, I, I miss I missed having you. I liked my co-host. He was good. Yeah, he's, I I loved listening <laughs> to you guys. That was just such a fun. It was actually it was fun as to listen to it as if it was like I, at one point I was like, oh, this isn't even like our podcast. Like you know, I just was like zoned <laughs> yeah. in listening to you guys. Oh, it was so great. Yeah, I I missed you. I missed I missed chit chatting with you. So it was yeah, good though. I did too. Well, I. I needed a um, a little break in my farming life is the mm-hmm. reality. Um, mm-hmm. I think part of one of the things I'm learning is with running a business and living on the farm and this being my passion, literally, I just, this is my heart path of life um, that my identity can get kind of like wrapped up. There's no space really mm-hmm. outside of what I do. Um, yeah. To put it, I guess, I guess to kind of wrap that up. So um, yeah, I really needed to just have like a kind of a reset. So I just texted Shannon and said, hey, love, your husband is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I need a week. <laughs> so, and he's um, so good. He, he was happy to do it. He really is like the Dahlia. He loves Dahlias. He's he, you know, he talked about on the episode how we made that initial mistake about when we, you know, had the Dahlia tuber meltdown in the back garage. Mm. And I think he's like somebody who like when that happens, he's like, that'll never happen again. And it was like mm. total, he's like his kick in the butt to get it right. And from that has like really energized him to learn more, do better. I think, you know, I really admire that about Judd. He's I would just like wallow in my sorrows for just a little bit. <laughs> but he always that always energizes him. So he's really um done a lot of research and he really takes a lot of pride in his dahlias for sure. Yeah, he I've learned so much from him. I think mm-hmm. his like the way you're explaining that mistake, but it's like his curiosity and then that determination yeah. just to like figure it out. Yeah. He, um I've said to him several times and things that he's helped me with. And I'm like, the way he explains it, when I had my um, cooler gate 2022, yes. when my cooler, just the busiest died. week, died, um, I'm like texting the, all the group. I'm like, help. Um, and he's just like explaining it, you know, walking through all the steps. And um, I just, and he's like, I'm sorry if I, if you know these things, I'm like, no, I love how he explains everything. And he he has that ability to do that with, whether it's like talking to me about like how to fix my cooler or Mm -hmm. dahlias. I mean, he just explains stuff so well. I always learn from him. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, the episode was so cute. I just love the two of you back together, back and and forth. (laughs) We We got a lot of good feedback and I hope I, it's kind of, it's a lot to wrap into one episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that we're kind of like splitting splitting this up. So I'm really looking forward to part two today because really Judd is like the technical side of growing dyes and I'm like really more the sales side. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, for sure. My um, my takeaways from this and even outside of the episode and things that I've learned from Judd is that mm-hmm. the early harvest stage – so that was something mm-hmm. that when I came to see you guys kind of early on that we've been doing this year. Yeah. Um, we so I've been trialing a little bit and some mm-hmm. of it's a variety. I do think some mm-hmm. of it's very yeah. variety specific. Uh, but that earlier stage, it really does make a difference. I had a dinner plate last a week, a week yeah. in my house, yeah. which I was like, to me, you know, normally yeah. you're thinking like three, four days, but his yeah. perspective on like, hey guys, let's just be realistic about like, be honest with yourself is what he was saying, you know, be honest with yourself about the stage. And it's really true because it's like, we do, we want to like harvest that in Mm -hmm. a way that 
it's beautiful and we want to cut it, but the reality is yes. like it's not going to last for our customer. So mm-hmm. making sure yeah. we're adjusting it there, um, making those adjustments in the field with when we're harvesting, and then mm-hmm. um, the planting depth. So that was another thing that I've I've learned mm-hmm. from from Judd is that yeah. Uh, you know, you're, he's exactly right. You want to baby those tubers and you're thinking, okay, a couple inches, I know it'll grow. Um, yeah. I don't want it to rot, you know? So mm-hmm. I started planting a lot deeper in my, this year was the first year that I'm like, girls, we're going six inches, you know? Um, yeah. and they are better that overall mm-hmm. it's the best year we've had dahlias because Good. that tuber is not hot. You know, we yes. have sandy soil, so they were dry they were hot. Yes. They were stressed. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yes. Because yeah. you're so, so much different than ours. Yeah. 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 So um, they're fantastic. They just look so much better this year. And I think, yeah. So I think that's like with dahlias, there's, I mean, this could be like, a t- really, this could be like a whole podcast series, yes. like mm-hmm. a whole podcast just dedicated to just dahlias talking about it every week for 52 weeks. Because um, <laughs> there's just so much to learn. But I think you know, my takeaway yeah. with him is just staying curious about mm-hmm. the process of what's not working and kind of honing in on like, why is that, why is that not working? Um, yeah. And my third takeaway was mm-hmm. listening in to you guys talk and hearing you say like, you know, first year we did this, second year we did this, year six, we're here, we're going mm-hmm. 10,000 dahlias. It was so inspiring. Like it just, like I was just, driving, listening, thinking like, my gosh, like, look what you've created in six years, you know? And it's, it's such an inspiration for other people to listen to that. Cause I know, um, when I was early, early on starting out, like those were the people that I just tuned in. I'm like, okay, that's possible. And I think Mm -hmm. that level of excitement to tune into that possibility, you know, I I just think it's, it's incredible. I know most of you have not been to their farm. Um, but it's, you know, it's really inspiring where two people are kind of on the same mission and what you guys create mm-hmm. with three Aww. little kids. Get out of here. <laughs> I am like pretty wild at times. <laughs> I mean, I had Thank my kid, you. my last, you're welcome. Um, I had uh, my last kids workshop last night with like 25 <laughs> kids. I'm like, yes. who, who thought 25 was a good number? <laughs> I was doing 30 and I was like, oh, let's back it off. You know, it's like a lot. Yes. It's a lot of kids. It's a lot of yes. kids. They, they really, the parents are great. Oh, like, yeah, yes. they just, um, thank God. Some of them bring two, you know, two parents. They're <laughs> oh, like yeah. a mom and a grandma. You're just like, thank you. You know, thank the you. mic, the yeah. mic helps. The mic I wear helps to kind of keep them in okay. check. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've also hey, learned. Hey, you are yeah, there. It's like, yeah, I told I- parents, I'm like, you want you want to get your kids in line? Order this baby for 15 <laughs> bucks on Amazon. They will listen. They will listen. And um, the, uh, yeah, I I just, I learned a lot about cookie timing and juice timing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They are, oh I should I'm have given you about, more guidance on this. Yeah. I did it. I, I was like, oh man, okay, we lose focus after the sheet. It's yeah. like literally you just, I'm learning a lot. I feel like this is like a pre parenting, yeah. pre parenting lesson for me. So. <laughs> Did you find the children's workshops like good, you know, profitable? Yeah, they're very, yeah, yeah, they're a profitable workshop. I think so too. Um, And I love them. And they just like, you get like every, every group, there were just some little, you know, there were some kids that just like suck to you and cling to you. And there was, um, there was one little girl, Addie, last night that had came two little bows, pigtails up, boots on. And I'm like, I would wear her whole outfit. You know, she was just like, she was telling jokes, yeah. walking up the hill, three years old. And Aww. I was like, I'm going to steal you. I want to steal you. Some of them well, wanted to be flower farmers. and Yes. Oh, well, we're at, we're pretty semi-rural. So like our kids around here don't get to experience this very often. So it's so, it's nice to see parents bringing their kids out and, and you know at first they're like but you know at first they're like eh, yeah. I don't want to do that you know but then they're like then they become just like little outdoor heathens and I and they do. <laughs> I love seeing the transformation the fresh air is so good and I hope even like when you leave I think parents are like 
okay, my my child needs more of this and how can I get them more mm-hmm. experiences um, outdoors? So it's cool. I think yeah. it is. It's just, it's transformative doing, in a lot of ways. They're, they're hilarious. Doing somersaults. They were doing, some of the <laughs> kids were doing, and uh, the parents are apologizing. I'm like, get it out because yeah, I'm no, sending them yeah. home with a juice box and a cookie in like 45 <laughs> minutes and you're going to want all of that energy out. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just, they're great. They're a lot of fun. So, um, all right. Okay. We got a lot to talk about, don't we? I know. All right. So this is part two. So if you have not listened to part one, which was last Mm -hmm. week's episode, go back and listen to it because it's kind of all the technical planting stuff and it's Shannon and Judd, um, talking about everything, on the kind of technical growing side. And today mm-hmm. we're going to dive into, you know, why we grow them, how we sell them, our favorite varieties, sourcing, all of those things. Um, so yeah, we're, let's just, let's just jump in it. Yeah. There's lots, lots of, this yeah. is like where you can get lost in the the world Truly. of addiction, yeah. Dahlia addiction. <laughs> this is where it's it happens. It's the winter addiction, which is bad because mm-hmm. that's like when cash flow is like a little lower. <laughs> And yeah. you're spending your last remaining dollars on dahlias. But we're going to give you some restraints. We're going to give you some focus and some guidance yeah, on we'll to like to. how to make those decisions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, the thrill so, of the chase. Yes. Right? That. Oh, but see, I'm not a Black Friday shopper. No, I, I know. <laughs> so it's like that. I tend to shut down when there's this like huge hype over a particular dahlia. I'm like, then I clearly don't need it. You know, like I'll talk myself <laughs> yeah. right out of it. Um, unless it's a cozy town dahlia. And then I'm like, yep, I'm dropping 30 <laughs> bucks on that tuber because I want it for myself. Like that's I the. Know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so go ahead. No. <laughs> they are definitely a lot of work. 100%. I mean, like, and I always say like, hey, you know, sometimes the fussiest or the highest maintenance maintenance things, humans, dahlias, um, are the most beautiful. And I really think that dahlias are worth it. I think that I hope that when you leave this episode, you feel like dahlias are worth it. Um, f- all the work that comes with them. In our zone, we have to dig them. So there's like a whole nother element of work that happens after frost. Um, but for us, and Lindsay, I'm sure that you have your own reasons why you grow them up, obviously just being beautiful and being like a differentiator. Um, but for us, it's really is like a multi-income crop. So we sell the flowers, we sell the tubers, we sell workshops um, around dahlias because they have like their own hype. Um, so we sell like, you know, how do we split tubers? How do we plant? So we have like little growing workshops here on the farm. And then we obviously our winter, our winter gig is splitting and reselling the tubers. So for us, it's like a multi-income crop. Um, And also, which I don't really talk about, but it really does very often at least, is that it gives our employees winter work. So for us, keeping employees year round is a really important piece to having a successful farm. So we think dahlias are an important piece to that puzzle. Yeah. I, I think the um, idea of having the inv- – they're an investment um, mm-hmm. in the farm, you know, and um, something that like it can make you money, like you're saying, that multi-income mm-hmm. crop where you've got it every season now of the year with this particular mm-hmm. crop um, and being able to like make money off of that in other ways uh, mm-hmm. in, in a time where we don't have – necessarily other income coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you know, for us, yeah, we do specific uh dahlia U picks. Like that's something that we did last year and we're doing it again this year was uh, a dahlia only pick. And we actually let mm-hmm. a handful, it's kind of a controlled group into our mm-hmm. field. Um, so you get those like real dahlia addict, you get that one-on-one time with them to kind of talk and show them how mm-hmm. to harvest, show them stage of harvest. And so there's a huge education piece around it. And I think mm-hmm why there's potential for more income with them is because it is such a complicated crop to grow and to perfect. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not even going to pretend to say that I've like learned it all. Like there's always something every mm-hmm. year I'm like, oh man, you know, um, yes. how, how can I like research this or like learn, you know, figure that part of it out, you know? And I feel like 
it's the first year it was, uh, for me, it was like staking, you know, I've never done yeah. my, um, I've never done my dahlias in fabric. So it was fat. It was that it was weed management. It was, how do I stake? I would, you know, look at all of these different ways and trying to figure out what works for me. Um, mm-hmm. but there's so much an opportunity to, to learn and then pass that knowledge on to other people as well, like as your mm-hmm. customer. Um, yes. and they're a higher stem price. Yeah. That's a, that, I mean, that's a, yeah. they're, and they should be for the amount of work yeah. that goes into them, the amount of touches that you have with that particular product. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. And there's just like, there's, like you said, there's nothing else like it that we grow mm-hmm. at yeah. all. And I feel like there's like no other flower in the world that has so many varieties, textures, colors, color variations, color, primary color, and then undertone color. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. you know, they really are just so cool. And I feel like for wedding work, I mean, I feel like that's where we like really, that's where they really shine for us, for florists. I mean, our florists who buy our dahlias are like, normally like we cannot get our hands on quality dahlias mm-hmm. unless we're buying them locally. So they are such a gem and they are such a differentiator. So if you're, and I was just, ta- we had a grower's tour on the farm um, on Monday and it was super fun. and. Adam from Mountain State Flower mm-hmm. Farm came from West Virginia to the tour. Yeah. <laughs> he is so sweet. But we were talking about like how do we differentiate ourselves from like the brand new grower who's doing like zinnias and just like the zinnia sunflowers. And I really do think like if you're looking to differentiate yourself, that is a really cool specialty crop that you can add um, with um, and, and just keep kind of – just setting yourself apart in the customer's eyes. And it's such a value add crop. So um, I think it's it's a good one. So I hope you want to grow it after this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how we sell them. So you want to talk about like our, our outlets. And if you haven't, um, like, so if you're new to the podcast, a couple things. Uh, one, we refer to you as dirt bags. So that's not a, that's not offensive. Shannon came which, up with it. She's just so ornery. <laughs> which you all have lovingly embraced, which I yes, love it. I, I do too. I'm like, so I cannot cute. wait to buy dirtbag merch. I mean, <laughs> I I really like. I'm gonna wear it. I'm gonna. It's. I cannot wait. It's. It's yes. coming. It's. It's yeah. coming. We got winter plans. <laughs> I had a really sweet girl at a you pick and design. She's like, hey, I'm a dirt bag. I'm like. Yeah. Processing, processing, like, oh, you have to do podcast. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. I really love how you all have embraced that. Me too. We just Perfection. had somebody um, <laughs> on Saturday, Nola texted me from the um, you pick field and she said, hey, there's a dirt bag down here. And so I'm just like, okay. You know, I came down and they, um, she, Sarah and her husband, um, they live uh, he grew up in a town not far from here, like 45 minutes Aww. from here. So they were, they're in Tennessee. So I'm like, what? You know, so I can't, it was just so fun. I got to go down okay. and like chat with them. So yes, we refer to you as dirt bags. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other would be if you haven't listened to, now I know we're getting up there with uh, episode 18. Yeah, Look at I us. Know. I know. Chest bump. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, in episode four is our target market episode. And so I do think there's with this episode, and we'll link it to the show notes, but episode four, if you haven't listened to it, it's all on target market about who is your customer and sort of how to establish that. And I Mm -hmm. think it's super relevant when we're talking about dahlias because Mm -hmm. um, there are so many different types and outlets and who could you sell to. And it's one of those crops where like you could get really focused on like, oh, I've got to sell to florist or I have to do this because I have all this extra product. Um, so getting really clear on your target market um, for me has helped me to decide which dahlias I grow, how I sell them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting that that clarity for me has really fine-tuned because you can get so wrapped up in oh, the dahlia yes. search and yeah. – um, you know, what type of dye you're growing. Now I will say, I mentioned Cozy Town earlier. Mm-hmm. I love her page. I love her dahlias. I buy them every year for me because <laughs> I love a yeah. something that's just for me, a new variety of something. Um, 
and she's not in my she's not included in my budget. I'm not funding my farm based off this. It's literally just the pure joy because I love yeah. Dahlia so much. <laughs> um and so, yeah, so that's just like, that's just one, one side note on those. But yeah, if you haven't listened to Target Market, go back to episode four, listen to that, help get some mm-hmm. clarity on like giving you some, some guidelines or some, you know, some structure into who you're kind of selling to. Um, but yeah, so how we sell them, uh, what markets uh, we sell our dahlias in. So you want to talk about, cause I know you've got some, yeah. you guys touched on that a little bit with your yeah. Monday production, you know, your Monday yeah. harvest. Yes. Um, so, so basically the way that we do it at this point is we either sell to our retail crowd, which is like any customer who would come to the farm, it would be included in a mixed bouquet, or we do like a lot of straight bunch dahlias. So it's like a five, a five bunch of dahlias, um, same color. We typically don't mix the colors. Um, and that would be like how we sell them to our retail customers. Or if they were to order like a bunch of dahlias, you know, on the website, they would get that price for us where we're at. We sell our retail prices $4 for like any kind of standard dahlia and $4.50 for a dinner plate. So I do encourage you to check with other farms if you're looking for pricing information, see what other farms are selling them for in your area. But here, that's where we sell them at a retail price. Now, that's the highest price because we have the most interaction with our retail customers to get that product sold. Um, It's either at market or we have to do it at the stand or we're communicating with them via email. Um, So that is the highest price point. And then essentially, we just... um, I do like a dollar less. So like for a florist, if a florist, which would be like next level down, if a florist were to come, we would do $3 and $3 and 50 cents. And then if we were to sell them to a wholesaler, which would be like in our area would be like Mayesh or we have a local, couple local ones, um, we would sell that for $2 and $2.50 a stem. So that's how we kind of do it in our area. So you do have to think about which markets you're going to be selling them. If you want them for the higher price, then you're going to have to put the extra work into marketing, communicating, all that kind of stuff. The wholesaler, essentially we sell to the wholesaler when we just have like a flush of extra colors um, and they typically take them and they have quite quite the markup um, to their customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we're similar. We're our pricing's a little like is a touch lower on that, but we are selling um retail. We're like three fifty to three seventy-five. Mm-hmm. Um and then we're in the to our florist, we're in like the two fifty to two seventy-five range on mm-hmm. that. But yeah, it's really it is important to uh to think about your florists that might come to market, it, it we have to have a clear difference in price. Because if they come to the farmer's market to me, I'm like, I don't want them to feel like, oh, we're paying retail pricing for this because they can't move their right. product. Um, yeah. And even our CSA customers. So um, the if they are a CSA customer, it's a higher price point for that Dahlia, but they get more out of it. They yeah. get a bigger, yes. they're getting a bigger bouquet. So very conscious that they're not going to come to farmer's market and then buy a bouquet and be like, well, why am I paying this? You know? So it's like, those are all the things yeah. that, um, you know, I kind of have to like keep in mind and keep, th- you kind of have to keep thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, uh, why I have a question. Why do you not mix yeah. the colors? You just keep them straight? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we have tried to mix like every once in a while we'll do like a fall mix like Cornell, Cornell bronze, you know, maybe mm-hmm. like Tempest or something. We'll do like kind of a reddy orange mix. But generally, we and we've trialed this like at least in our market. So we've trialed mixing them. We've trialed not mixing them. And generally the straight bunches just – with one color, sell the first and fastest. Ah, okay, I'm gonna try this. So I don't know if they're, yeah, I don't know if they're like beefing up their bouquet, mix bouquet that they buy with extra dahlias, so they want it to be the same color, or they have something in mind that they want that like specific color for. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of what we've found. So we definitely in the fall include them in our mix bouquets, but only like ball or maybe lily type um, mm-hmm. dahlias. 
Do, do you agree on that? Yeah, yeah, we yeah we do. We include them in mixed bouquets. Now we don't include them in grocery um, or yeah. something that we know from like a retail setting is going to sit not in a cooler space or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for farmers market or something like even our cooler where we get you know we'll we'll change them. They get changed over mm-hmm. fairly quickly. Then we'll mm-hmm. we'll put those in mixed bouquets, but only ball. We won't use. Um, I don't use anything other than a ball dolly in there just mm-hmm. for I don't know why. Well, length of time. Of yeah, form. I just think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they like hold up a little bit better to like the the sleeve getting sleeved for us because our sleeves kind of come up around our flowers. Um, so I think they're they're just like a little a little hardier, a little less temperamental, less petal damage. Mm-hmm. Visible petal damage if they get roughed up a little bit. Um, so generally, especially with straight bunch, straight bunches to groceries or mixed bouquets, we are using the a ball or like kind of like a smaller lily type uh, dahlia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and talking about um, vase life. Well, I guess for how are we're selling them? Are there other like I are there other markets that you're using? Because I know we've got a dahlia share only mm-hmm. dahlia share. Um, and you guys are doing that flower, flower bar, which is great. Like yes. that open self-serve. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I talked a little bit about, about that in part one, but we were kind of having this issue, not an issue. It's just an obstacle. Um, cause we were coming in Monday and all like we needed to harvest cause we hadn't harvested all weekend and our dahlias were ready to go. So we were cutting them, but then I didn't feel comfortable including them in Wednesday bouquets because that's when our flower stand opens. So it's like, what do I do with this huge flush of dahlias that I have? So I was like contacting the wholesaler, trying to move them that way. And I'm like, well, you know, we have this like new little space in the studio. We could put it out there and do like a, a dahlia bar and kind of like a flower bar. We'll put some greenery out so they can make like a mixed bunch of dahlias. And that's gone really well. I mean, we just do it self-serve. So they come in, I leave some rubber bands, some sleeves, I give them the per stem price, give them the Venmo. I leave a little cash box out there. I mean, we have a camera. We're kind of in and out of the studio too. So Mm -hmm. um, people have really loved that. And it's been a way for us to move that Monday flush at a retail price instead of a wholesale price. So yeah, yeah, it's been really good. And people love it. They like coming and going. They like like mixing it up themselves. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really fun. And that has kind of like solved a problem that we were having on our farm for sure. Yeah, that's a great idea. And that's – we were timing our – those you picks, the Dahlia you picks, I was saying they're always Monday, Tuesday. Yes. So that's, that's a the, good idea. you know, first part of the week and being able to, um, you know, move it that way. It's still something that we need to work on. And also it's, I'm constantly looking at, and we haven't really dove into this much, but, um, I really pay attention to shrink on my farm. So things mm-hmm. that are like wasted from the business aspect side. And so I'm constantly looking at, um, where, uh, you know, where do I have waste? And so with dahlias, there's sort of this fine line for me where it's like, okay, I'm throwing them. We're wasting time, like deadheading, you know, labor and all of those, but, um, it's also an opportunity, you know? So I'm like, do I need to cut back how many dahlias I'm growing or, you know, find that other outlet? So my option, um, I'm always looking at those numbers and saying like, okay, am I growing too many? Um, you know, at that point. And we've, we've cut back some, um, we cut back a little bit this year, but also I have to take into consideration my tuber sales, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's this really this like idea of finding that like right number for me. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, it is something that I'm kind of always paying attention to or like a particular color that I'm throwing away or whatever it is. Um, yeah. And I think if you're doing like, if you're doing wedding work, so in, in general, if we're like talking colors, which, you know, there's a wide array of colors that dahlias come in, but in, in this, I'm making a generalization when I say this, but generally for like wedding work, I'm talking more like muted colors, blushes and burgundies, um, whites, a lot of that kind of good stuff. Um, a lot of those like mid-tone colors or those colors that kind of transition like apricots, light pinks. Um, that's a lot of my wedding dahlias. And then my market customers, some of them like the light pink wedding style, but generally they're like wanting the hot colors because a lot of times when we're mixing them, we're mixing them with uh, sunflowers, gomfrina, like all the bright and fun colors. So we kind of have a couple different 
sections, we have like, you know, our weddings generally that in a lot of the, what we sell wholesale is also wedding type colors because the wholesalers are selling to florists. And then uh, our all of our hot colors are what go into our general mixed bouquets. Um, so I think what you're doing, and again, going back to that target audience episode, is if you can refine what you're growing if you know who your end customer is going to be. And I think you can choose colors and it would help like narrow your focus because it is overwhelming when you go to look at all the dahlias out there. And for us, even like dinner plates, we definitely sell them in our flower bar um, and retail customers like them, but like I don't use them in mixed bouquets, but but they're great tuber. They, they sell great in our tuber store. So our, our, uh, like our home gardeners, th- those kind of customers mm-hmm. love them. So they're still worth growing, but a lot of times we're either like deadheading them off or using them for photos. I mean, that kind of stuff. So I think you have to like limit that and you're eventually over over the couple years of growing them, you're going to kind of find your sweet spot with each type of dahlia. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think you're, you're absolutely right as far as your uh, – understanding that target market and then saying, um, you know, is it, is it worth it to sell that particular type of, of dahlia? So for me with wedding work, um, again, I, I cut out my full service. Um, I, I have a wholesaler that buys from me, uh, you know, occasionally it's not on the regular, like mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not close to May Ash or any of those places. So I'm kind of uh, more difficult. Now I do sell to the collective, um, and mm-hmm. things like that, but the, it doesn't drive that wholesale and the wedding market doesn't drive my purchases because the reality mm-hmm. is my retail customer, um, at the farmer's market, they're not going to be like, Oh, a cafe, a lay. Some of them will, right. if they're dahlia lovers, yeah. but, there's a few, um, yeah, it, there's just, mm-hmm. it, it isn't what they go after those really different and beautiful ones, the striking, you know, varieties, those fun colors, um, even the bicolor ones that I've been mm-hmm. growing more of this year um, because the customer does like them. And so uh, that's been, you know, my customer is sort of drove what it is I grow. Um, we do mm-hmm. have uh, the dinner plates. A lot of them are in the UPIC. We have a lot mm-hmm. of those down the they UPIC. They just, the they're like, what? And then when you tell them, like, you show them a small world and then, you know, a Shiloh. Yeah. And they're like, it's that, it's the same plant? You know, it's like, I love it. I'm like, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, but yeah, so I know, just they love them. the target market really just defines your, gives you direction with what you're growing um, and kind of gives you some some clarity on what varieties to even pick, you know, like, does it fall within that? So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, for your customer cares about base life, period. 100%. Yes. That's it. That's what they care about. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I feel like our farms are successful when we invest in the customer experience with our farm and the customer experience involves base life. Yep. (laughs) So, so, I think um, getting things at the right harvest stage, which we kind of discussed that in part one, um, but on our farm, we cut them like a little under, I mean, not like, you know, not open, but when they're opening up, that center should still be like a little unfurled. Like you should not, definitely not be cutting dahlias with wide open centers. Um, They're already pretty much dead. Mm-hmm. Put yes. them in your house. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think we really do – I think part of our job is investing in the customer experience. And so that's even doing – this year I was like really – I'm like I'm going to invest time in doing vase life testing because when a customer comes to me and says, geez, my dahlias are only lasting two days. And now I can say, wow, really? Because you know we do vase life testing and in my house and I'm going to treat them like crap in my house. I'm not going to change the water. I'm not going to cut them. I'm going to do exactly what my customers would do, <laughs> honestly. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to leave them in dirty water and see how long they last. And I feel like I, I want to be able to say, oh, my gosh, wow, I we do vase life testing. And I, I really do find it's like anywhere between five to seven days you should be getting. And then, and then I have like a platform to troubleshoot with them about different variables that are going on. Are they in the sun? Are they in a cool spot? You know, how long did, did they did they sit in your car for an hour after you picked them up at the stand and then went got finally got them into your house? So there's lots of different variables. Um, but I think just knowledge is power on that kind of stuff. And I've really learned a lot about the crop just by 
doing some testing myself too. Yeah. In the um, that base or the harvest stage is that's the biggest part, you know, starting mm-hmm. and then also hydration. So we know like for us uh, with our schedule, like if I know we're going to have like a pick day, I'll make sure that night before that I give them like a really good deep drink. Mm-hmm. So they're nice and hydrated. We harvest in the mornings when they're, you know, really at their peak hydration. And you guys did touch on this, but we cut straight and we put them straight into water. We don't use anything either. Um, mm, yeah. And I do think there's probably, uh, you know, they've I've, I've read things like you guys had touched on with boiling water and all those things. But yeah. for us from the business, this business side, you know, even with organza bags, um, mm-hmm. organza, Jed was like flip-flopping on that. I could now I'm like confused <laughs> on what I actually say. Organza is what I said. Um, yeah. it, I used them. I did. But he, yeah. all of the points that he brought up were exactly why I quit using them and also speed, um, mm-hmm. you know, because when – and I think all the things that we talk about, it's really just about becoming profitable. That's always the question. Like every, every Q&A we put up on the Spill the Dirts on Sundays on our Instagram for you guys to ask questions that always comes up about like how are you profitable? When do you – you know, when have you turned a profit? And it's – it's uh, I wish I could give you like that hard and fast like this is how. Um, but really questioning yourself and staying curious about like why – am I even doing this particular thing? And when I, Mm -hmm. when I find, um, I'm very efficiency hardwired. So when I'm annoyed with a process, I'm like, now I've learned enough about myself. I'm like, okay, this is a good indicator of like, or if I see an employee, like, you know, pulling a bag off, like I know when that came, I was like, my eye was just like twitching. I'm like, okay, (laughs) this is probably a waste of time. You know, you get to a certain point. So none of that's wrong. I think all of that, if it works for you, if you're at the stage where you can boil the stems and do that, um, fine. But I would question some of those methods for um, profitability to tie that mm-hmm. into like the business aspect side. Uh, mm-hmm. But we, I know one of the things um, you you guys talked about you in that last in part one was straight in water straight in the cooler, kind of get that field heat off of them. And Mm -hmm. we do the same, but we will – so some of our bouquets, I think it's extremely important with dahlias that they cool off and they they come hydrated. And I don't know how you do that without having a cooler. Uh, yeah. that's, this is my personal opinion on, on keeping them. Um, and for us, so for example, um, our CSA customers, like we'll cut and pack on Thursday. They go out on Fridays. Mm-hmm. But our market ones, like our CSA pickup that it goes to another location, we if we make and pack them on Thursdays, they don't get any cooler time. So we'll yeah. pick those. Those will get picked the day before and put in the cooler so they can hydrate. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just a huge difference I've seen whether I cut them straight from the field and bring them in the house, regardless of vase life, and whether they get that, they really need that rehydration. So the stem mm-hmm. and the petals, everything's completely full. Um, and I think that makes a big difference on on the, on their vase life once the customer gets it. Yes. I think, I don't know, is it the unpopular opinion that you need a cooler? I think you like have to have a cooler. Yes. Period. Period. <laughs> It's it, – I, I I don't know how um, – yeah, I guess – and here, I'll say this. If you – it depends on, again, on your um, long-term goal with your business. Maybe mm-hmm. this is just like a little – it's a side hustle and that's what you want to keep it as and it's something that's a hobby for you and you don't really want the investment um, mm-hmm. or the extra expense of it. But I think to – really make this a business um, where you have the longevity. It just gives you so much extra leeway um, Mm -hmm. to sell your product because there's so many dahlias that like I'll have a florist even for weddings. I've cut stuff on Mondays and used it in a wedding for Saturday um, where I'm like into season when you're like, I have to have that for next week. I will cut every single stem and hold it. And I feel extremely confident in the quality. I don't think I'm sending – crap out the door. Um, no, but the cooler all. allows me to still make money on that. It doesn't, yeah. it takes away that panic of like 
how long. Um, I think that's this whole piece is what makes flower farming and learning this all so complicated in some some ways or feel so like you're drinking from a fire hose because Mm -hmm. you then have to learn how long can I store that thing? You know, there's, and that's with every flower we grow. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine that like having a simpler crop or like the amount of flowers that you grow, it's less of those scenarios that you have to kind of learn. Um, But I really don't know how you take it to the next level without having a cooler. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Yes. I've seen some things out there saying, oh, you don't need a cooler. And I'm, I'm really thinking that you do. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm gonna go with you do. Yeah, and yeah. I think for for dyes especially. I mean, f- when our first year when we didn't have a cooler, we were like constantly cutting to order. Like I wouldn't yes. want to cut it before. And then was my harvest stage right? Mm-hmm. Because I was like forcing an order on exactly what was available at that moment, and it gets that gets hard. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to constantly be. That's like being reactive constantly. It's like okay, an order came in. I got to go run out and go cut it. And then maybe I'm cutting stuff that's not quite ready. You know, so I do think they really do like that field heat off of them. They like rehydrating. They don't need anything special other than some clean water, a clean bucket, and a cooler. And I Mm -hmm. think you'd be good to go. Yeah. I also realized too with harvesting is that Judd talked about like the deadheading process a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, I, who's someone who's personally very focused on the waste. I talked about that with, just a second ago with my shrink sheet. Um, but it's also realizing with this crop does come waste. There is a certain oh, yeah. level of like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, so there's even whether that's like pest issues, mm-hmm. um, whether that's uh, we get a crazy storm and stuff gets snapped, whatever that thing mm-hmm. is, there is just going to be waste with those to a certain degree. Um mm-hmm. So just, I guess, acknowledging, acknowledging that. But yeah, I do like the proactive response versus like reactive with the dahlias. There's quite yes. a bit of that. Yeah. 100%. Um, all right. Okay. So we're going to hit on some favorite of our varieties. Yeah. Yeah, we can. Okay. Okay. Um, weddings. Um, so obviously whites. I mean, I grow, t- we grow a lot of white and white is our most bug damaged color out of everything like whites and yellows for I don't know are they attracted the to light colors <laughs> yeah light colors yeah. they're attracted okay. to yeah yeah so for us because we're not really spraying too much um or what we try to do is we just grow some extra so that we can what mm-hmm. what we're pulling is going to be ready to go and we just calculate that waste that like hey we're gonna have a portion of this that has bug damage um and I think again harvest stage, the longer it's sitting out there, the longer it's more susceptible to bug damage. So if you're getting in a little early, that's one to two less days that you don't, it's not sitting out there just waiting to be munched on. Um, So definitely whites. I love boom, boom white. That's like our main white Mm -hmm. that we grow. Bridezilla is a great one. Um, Judd grew, we got, Judd grew, found this white called Orset Beauty. Mm-hmm. Have you? Have you I've you grown, grown it. I did. It's uh, it's a little shorter. I don't grow yes. it anymore. I'm pretty sure I mm-hmm. killed the tubers. Um, <laughs> you guys had the opposite thing. So you guys were like mush. Literally, mine the yes. first year were just like you could pick it up and just it blow on it, and it was dust. I was like, they were shriveled little. I was like, what is this? This is like there is dust. They turn to dust. I was like, well, I guess I need a little more humidity on these. Um, but the, the I have grown Orset Beauty. I had a lot of uh, white fly issues. And okay. I think this ties into we get tons of pest questions. Um, and I think it was back to my planting depth and overall oh. soil health. Because I mm-hmm. think soil, you know, you think about us and our bodies and having new, the right nutrients um, and, you know, the hydration. There, I was still early on some of those varieties that didn't do well for me. I'm like, I wonder if it was how I had them planted. You know, I'd be curious mm-hmm. to plant that again. Are you liking that variety? Yes. I love Orset Beauty. Okay. So Very it was me. Pretty. Yeah. I love <laughs> It does has a shorter growth habit. I know what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it like kind of it's like a white that's like sparkly, mm-hmm. I guess. I know. I really like it. I think it's pretty. I like the way that it looks. It's like if I have a whites and greens bouquet, 
um, which is kind of in right now, then I can have like some different whites. Like Boom Boom is like almost not ivory, but it has like a it's not like bright white. Um, and I think Orset Beauty is like bright white. So I, I really like that one. So mm-hmm. I love Diva. Diva is like my go-to purple burgundy. Um, my favorite burgundy is probably, I don't know, Black Satin or Rip City. Black Satin's not a – it doesn't mm-hmm. put off a ton of blooms. I wish it had more blooms on it. Yeah. No, um, I agree. Mm-hmm. Is this for um, wedding? I really like a Breakout too that's a it's a it's a I think it's a decorative it's like a medium decorative I don't know that it qualifies Mm -hmm. as a as a dinner plate um but it has that same like glistening like shimmery look to it and it pulls in nice for that you've got to have a little bit of yellow in that color palette to kind of make that one work um but yeah cafes of course Mm -hmm. those are such a good muted yeah um, muted one everybody knows that Mm -hmm. um what other what other ones for wedding work do I use? Um, I, do you like Linda's baby? I do. Yeah, yeah. I do I like that Linda's one baby a lot. Yep. Yes. What and was Jowie the one you had? Yep, Jowie Winnie. Mm-hmm. Um, the one you had, creamy. Oh creamy. yes, creamy. That's yeah, my new front runner fave. I yes. need that. I don't have that it, it's one. Very pretty. It's like it's. Is it considered white? It's more like buttery yellow. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Say? Yeah. It's a really good blender for wedding yes. flowers. Like yeah. if you're kind of like you need that, it, you can't use it if it's like a pure white, but it's really mm-hmm. because it kind of gives you that white feel. So you get the dimension in the wedding work, yes. um, but it makes those other things sort of pop out. But it's a really good like blender flower, I think, of a yes. color palette. I yeah. like it a lot. Me too. Um, Rose Toscano. I use uh-huh. a ton of Rose Toscano. In weddings, um, I, you know what? Terracotta has been like a super hot color this year. Have you had a lot of terracotta in your weddings? Yeah, we uh, well, I haven't really got into my fall weddings yet. I had this like nice gap, um, in oh, September. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then we picked back <laughs> up in October. Um, but yeah, we do have we have some, and then purple has been a huge this yeah, year. The I purple, yes. lavender, lilac. Purple. I feel like for the last two years, purple's been making a comeback. Yeah, I like that. I, I like purple. Yeah, I'm down with purple. I'm good for with. a short time. <laughs> yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, there, it's just a harder one. Um, is. Diva is new for me this year because of you. I yes. like when yeah. we did our like little group winner powwow. Everybody was like, "Yeah, Diva, Diva." I'm like, "Who's Diva?" Oh, Diva. Okay, <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> it yeah, is. I really like it. It's like um, a really deep jewelry, jewel toned. I think jewel tones are kind of in right now, which mm-hmm. I like. Because like rust colors, salmon runners are really great rusty colored one that we use a lot. There's so many good ones, but I think mm-hmm. those are our faves for wedding. Yeah, wedding I agree. Um, one one that I love for wedding work, which kind of ties into multiple categories for me, is Small World. It's so oh, cute in yeah. a boutonniere. It's adorable. I, yes. Small World, on. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I know it doesn't have that yeah. like massive stem, but it has crazy vase life. Like yeah. I literally have gotten – nine days out of a small world. And that was with good trimming the water, cutting it at the right stage, trimming the water. Did you just hear me say that? Trimming Trimming the stem and changing the water. (laughs) See, that's how damn efficient I am. Trimming the water. You pick it up, people. Okay. (laughs) Cut out those words. Um, So yeah, that's getting those. And they even dry really cute. They dry to this like brown color. And if they've got a sturdy stem, I have some- Still in my bedroom, and they're just like <laughs> now they're brown, but they're yes. cute. I love they're them. So but cute. small, it's great for um, corsage and boutonniere work, and mm-hmm. even little pops like in it's a cute. Yes, mm-hmm, they're cute. I just love them. Yes, and they turn. They can get like a little blushy tone to them. Yes. Um, okay, one more on the wedding work too, which was one of my new faves. Um, Alpine shrub, or how do you? I don't know. Judd's going to correct you oh. when he hears this. Um, it's kind of like you know, you know, I hate Cosmos. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I hate oh. Cosmos. It's like a – it's one of the colorette style dahlias, but to me it's like Cosmo-like, but yeah, it's a dahlia. It. It's yeah. so cute. Yes. It I'm all about like, Alpine um, Shrub. Cute. It looks like a – it looks like an anemone. Yes. So it, the, like the fall Japanese anemones, that's what it looks like. I've never seen mm-hmm. it until I was out at your place. Um and I can't believe we're still friends and you don't like Cosmos. I don't – it's fine. It's fine. I, I don't Cosmos. I don't like <laughs> – I have a one-hour baseline. <laughs> They're so pretty. 
They are. They're good for wedding work. I just they are. and pickers love them. Yeah. But yeah, that's what we grow them in the U pick. That's one of the things mm-hmm. that we are not growing in our production field next year because we don't use them all that often. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It's like they're just floaty. I like the movement of them, like the yes. little flare piece that they yeah. add. So the I'm foliage just, is cute on them too. It's just, I don't know. I know. And the harvesting, the harvesting is one <sighs> of those gets it. Yeah. But no, that, that yeah, variety is adorable. Yeah. Um, Very cute. I really like it. So, mm-hmm. um, so what about, so for market customers, I, we just like we touched on this earlier, but mostly ball varieties. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And uh, I, I really like again small world is one that I love putting in there because mm-hmm. I think they're going to get like a really good experience with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like they tend to like the bi color. Uh, yeah, the fun the ones. Eden, yeah, the fun bright. Mm-hmm. The um, Edenberg is one. Um, AC Ooh. Devon. Oh yeah, AC Devon's great. It's wild. One of my things. Yes. Yeah. I love AC Devon. That's a um, good one. Another one of my uh faves is um Ivanetti. Yes, Ivanetti's beautiful. It's so good. It's just the color mm-hmm. and the way it's you know the it's uniform. So it's in the Cornell family. So yes. um Cornell, Cornell bronze. So if you grow those and you're like, man, they produce great tubers, they've got sturdy yes. stems, they crank out the blooms, you will like Ivanetti. And I think mm-hmm. Isabel might be in that same yes. is it? Yeah. It okay. is. Yep. Okay. So they're all in that where you could just put those things out. Like if you only grew four dahlias that you wanted to like crank yes. it out, those would be your four. Um yes. because they just are they just produce so many stems, so yes. much stem, so many, yep. so much production out of easy them. Easy to grow, easy mm-hmm. to increase your stock. They're mm-hmm. just great, perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to bring up the fact that you guys don't pinch. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> the air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, Judd. Judd says he's going to try and pinch some and try yeah. it out next year. Yeah, I I'm just I'm just teasing. Um, I I just do it because of the overall st- the sturdiness. You kind of eliminate that like initial tree trunk size. Yes. Um, yeah. And honestly, for me, I don't want to see a dahlia really until like later in <laughs> yeah. August. So like the pinching side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you we miss some. I mean, you you don't hit them all. And when you're growing ten thousand dahlias, that's another one of those things where you're like. Yeah. Is it necessary for us and what the way it's working? So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, I suppose if I was growing that many, I may be like, just take a weed eater to them (laughs) or what's Judd call the weed eater? A line whip or line line trimming? Yeah. He'll say a line trimmer. I was like, okay, can you, what is that? Weed whip. Weed whip. Weed whip. Weed eater. Yeah. Whatever you call it. Yeah, I've seen. I know some of those bigger mm-hmm. operations. They just brush hog them off. Yeah, you know they'll they'll brush hog them down to trim. Yeah, yeah, it's like so they're rough. just. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like you want to baby them, it but works, they really though. they can. Yeah. They can take it. Um, all right. Okay. So it, for market and mixed bouquets, are there any any other ones where yeah, like, I'm your favorites? I mean, Marn Marn is a good one. I like Marn Cornell Bronze. I know we mentioned that. Um, Oh, what's the like watermelon color kind of fruit punchy? Oh, Tempest. Oh, Tempest. That's a mm-hmm. great one. Yes. I really I, like Tempest. Me too. Mystique. Mystique oh, is Mystique another one of my beautiful. It yes. it's so has such long stems. Mm-hmm. Um oh Rock Run Ashley. Yeah. That's so great. It doesn't, it's got a really nice uniform habit. That's a good one for wedding work too. Yes, I agree. Um yeah. and it is one of those that you do have to like you kind of reach down into the plant versus total opposite of mystique. Mystique is like, Hey, I'm here. Yes. <laughs> like cut me. Um, yes. this long, nice, great stems. And then, uh, rock run Ashley is like, okay, you got to get a long stem. You got to like reach to the ground. Yes. Um, yes. but it's really usable. Um, both of them are, are great, very different colors, but, um, yeah, those would be tempest is beautiful. Yes. Tempest is Cranks good. the stems. Yes. Uh, oh, why nine Jill? That's okay. one of my. I have not grown that one. Yeah. Okay, I'm adding that to my list. It's another one that has that sort of like mystique where it's got that long stem to it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about why nine Jill now it's smaller. It's probably a two two and a half inch bloom, mm-hmm. and you can get one that have like more open centers. Um, 
but they're not a open center in the sense where they've got the pollen stage to them yet. They're still, they would still be usable, mm-hmm. um, but they change colors. It really is oh. like, it starts out and it's sort of this like purple. Um, and then by the end of the season, it just pulls in so much yellow as those temperatures drop. Um, mm-hmm. And it's got this like faded color. I don't know. I just, I really like it. You get this really natural ombre with the blooms throughout the whole yes. season, but it's a good one. I, I really like that one. Yeah. Um, I think kind of in the same color palette, but peaches and cream is a good one. We use that a lot. That's a good wedding work one too. Um, and a la mode. Yes. People love a la mode. Mm-hmm. A la mode's a good one. It is it's a good one. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I think that those are pretty much our, our go-tos for the most mm-hmm. part. Of course, same. I'm going to, I'm going to get off this podcast and remember like a hundred that <laughs> I didn't mention. We can, tr- oh, we'll Je- trickle them out. Yes. Yeah, we will. Jesse G. Jesse G is another Jesse good G's one. Jesse G is good. I love. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I'm just like walking the field in my mind. I know. Me too. Judd, I'm usually- Judd's going to listen and be like, you didn't gonna- say yes, whatever. He's going to be very unhappy with me about, about the ones I forgot. Golden Scepter. That's another <laughs> oh, one I grow. Oh, yes. Golden Scepter's pretty. Little yeah. puny, little stems are yeah. a little flimsy, but the color, it's kind of hard to beat the Unique. color. Yeah. Yes. Really yeah, for sure. It's a pop. So. All right. So um, sourcing. Mm-hmm. Um, we Now, early on, uh, I used some of the bigger suppliers before I kind of became Us my too. own supplier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I know that there's a lot of people that hate on using these like big, uh, bigger suppliers because of like mislabels and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I've actually ended up with um, a lot of good varieties. Like I got Shiloh in as a substitute mm. for cafe. And so it was like okay. one of these. Oh, I'm, yeah, like, oh. pretty. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. You know, yeah. like just I've got some uh good varieties out of them. And you're not going to get the same tuber quality. Um they come mm-hmm. in clumps, but you can divide them. But you know, some of the bigger wholesalers, so Leo Burby, um mm-hmm. uh Ball or Edney, you know, mm-hmm. even some of these other farms, like I know Five Fork does bulk packaging, which I think we're gonna mm-hmm. do this year too with our sale mm-hmm. for other farmers to be able to buy larger quantities. Um so yeah, I think there's that's you know, if you're trying to, if you're in the stage where you're like, I want to add some color and I need a, to like get them in 25s, um, yes. that would be a great way to go would be those bigger wholesalers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, ge- generally at this point, we're kind of, we're just primarily sourcing from other flower farms. So I think just like an important note is because I get this from a lot of my customers too. And they're like, oh, I, you know, I bought dahlias at the, at like the local nursery and they just, I don't know, they just, I, I mean, I cut off of them. They were kind of cute, but, and I think this is where I think is a good differentiator if you do buy from other farms, other flower farms, is that you are getting cut flower quality varieties mm-hmm. as opposed to more bedding style varieties, which are meant to be like short and cutesy. Um, so I think that's kind of where some of my customers go wrong. Um, but I would really encourage you, I, just I mean, just if you're supporting local um, in any way in your life, for sure. I think um, local farms are going to have the right kind of varieties, and they're going to putting a lot of hard work in the off season to splitting and sharing their stock mm-hmm. um, with other growers, home growers, farms, anyone who's interested in dahlias. So um, generally, I've had really good luck sourcing from other farms. I know Lindsay and I do a trade every year. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you have some flower farmer friends that maybe you want to trade with, that'd be a good way to get a few extra varieties and test them out for yourself. So what works in my market may not work in Lindsay's market. And you're going to have to test those things for yourself for sure as far as varieties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there, last year was the first year that I was like, OMG, everybody is selling dahlia tubers right now. Yeah. Um, You know, and I felt from from that standpoint. Um, and not to say that you don't, I mean, I, I've messed up. We've had mislabels. We've had, you know, there's, it's, it's rare, um, Mm -hmm. but it does happen. Um, so I, and I think buying from a local farm or another, uh, another flower farmer too, you have the opportunity to kind of, you know, um, get a better, I think it's more fine tuned, I guess is what I'm trying to say. A lot of them Mm -hmm. are, um, you're going to get where you might be paying a higher price point, but you're going to know that that variety is what you're, what what you're getting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, also there, 
when we sell our tubers, and I know you guys are the same, like we always say that there's there will there's an eye on every tuber. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're just starting out, I, I think I saw last it was last year, a lot of people were saying, like, oh, there was no eye, or they were sending, you know, I would see this on like on social media, or they were mm-hmm. like trashing a farm. But um it may not be a visible eye. Like it's not like popped out mm-hmm. yet. It's yeah. a visible eye if you're looking at the eye. So I think just give a little bit of grace that like yeah. people aren't just sending um, you know, trash out the door. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe some people are. <laughs> I shouldn't say I shouldn't speak. <laughs> We're not. No. Um so um I think too when we went to Five Fork, like mm-hmm. one of the things that she was saying, like, you wouldn't believe the tubers that we plant in the ground. I'm like, yes. if you guys I think we should and show some of the tubers that we actually plant. Be like, yes. you guys get the good stuff. This is what we're putting in the ground. Yes. Um, because I really know that uh, they're going to come up, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, even if they're like a little shriveled or whatever, those things yeah. will surprise you. Yeah. We, we've got some dahlias growing in our compost pile. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once we're like, wow, these things are resilient. <laughs> they really are. We have some you in know, our, in our yeah. um, creek. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said creek because I normally say crick. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. They pretty much all have a tire in them. That's how you know if they're <laughs> a crick or a creek. They just have a tire somewhere in in it. Um. So, uh, yeah. But they they are pretty they are pretty resilient. Yes. Um, and yeah. and I think most farms are offering like an eye guarantee. You know what I mean? So there's yeah. There is like it's selling tubers is so fun because you get to share your love of dahlias with other people. But it can be hard because with dahlias, there's so many variables. It's just like a tender little tuber. And if it's like left out, it could get dry. You know, there's just a lot of variables. So when you're working with your farms, I really do encourage you, and this year we'll be doing the same, is when you open it up, give it a good inspection, make sure nothing's like mushy, yucky, you know, for whatever reason. And then and then from there on, I don't know, it, it really is in your hands mm-hmm. um, to keep it nice. And yeah. I think um, I think sometimes when there's tuber issues, sometimes it's uh, – it's just aftercare and we've done it ourselves. We would set some out in our flower studio and then we kind of forgot them. I'm like, crap, we need to plant them. And then we go to plant them and they're like kind of dry, you know, like mm-hmm. they're not quite there. So I think just giving a lot of grace with that kind of stuff is super important. And yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think the guarantee and like what we've had um, issues with or anything, it's really, it is that aftercare once somebody gets mm-hmm. it. So it's like, I'm, yes, there's a guarantee on it, um, but it's like, the guarantee is like when once you get it and then after you get it, it's like, man, yeah. that's on you. But, yeah. you know, and that's yes. just the, the reality is the reality you got to baby it. that thing. So, yep. Um, yep. Okay. Yeah. So our tuber yeah. store, our tuber stores, we are selling tubers. I know yes. we've hit on that. Um, yours launches day before, day before Thanksgiving. Yes. Yep. Okay. Black fr- – no, the day no, before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because you know what? Well, normally we do it after – but then I'm like, if Judd and I are always like plotting our dahlia tubers on Thanksgiving, so because we're always sitting around doing nothing, and generally that, that never yeah. happens. So we're kind of gonna launch it. We're launching it the day before Thanksgiving, so that if you're sitting around on Thanksgiving thinking about your tubers, hopefully you'll think of us. Oh yeah, that's a great. Yeah. So I typically, um, I typically launch mine in early March is mm-hmm. when I do. Um, I'm still on the fence. I know I we talked about our launch and like maybe yes. doing a launch together, but um, I'm not sure yet. And I'll tell you why because I um, we are digging like when we're getting ours out of the ground. Like I like to my process when I sell my tubers is that I like to divide and then kind of know how many tubers I sell I have available to sell in bulk packs um, mm-hmm. and how many I have available like for us and what production numbers um, and so. Yeah, I'm not sure. I may do like a soft launch where I yeah. like I because I know there's a certain amount that I will have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's all those variables that we've talked about, like mm-hmm. the dust bunnies of diet tubers. Like if they're you get a freak like mold or yes, um, something comes up. Like I yeah. just don't. That's my. That's always my reservation. I know you yes. guys. And yeah. also, you you have a little – you have more volume, so yeah. there's a little more safety factor yes. in that too. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, I just don't want to take somebody's money and be like, mm-hmm. oh, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I'm still figuring those out. Okay. Well, yeah, I think you get comfortable like in your soaring and then you're like, okay, like I know that I can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes. So if you, Lindsay, that would be great if we both had our tubers. I know. I know. I I go think about it. I am gonna no think pressure. about it. Maybe we'll do like a soft a soft lunch. I do feel comfortable yes. in it. It's just like I get so you know I don't want to like I don't yeah, take I get money that. It is. It's a risk, it and it's 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 nerve wracking. It is every year. I don't care how how you know how many years you've done it, but it's mm-hmm. so nerve wracking for sure. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Well, okay. I think we. I think we hit it. it. I think we did. I don't know. There's there's people out there with questions. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, you guys are going to hear this episode on this Friday, the Friday that we're recording it, which would be the 16th, which is also my birthday. September 16th. Thank you. Um, So if you hear, listen to this episode and you listen to episode part one, um, the episode, which was last week, um, last Friday, which would be episode 17, and you still have questions. Will you please send them to us? Because we might be doing like a little wrap up, uh, spill the dirt dedicated to the Dahlia questions that are still remaining after these part after part one and part two. So we would love to hear your remaining questions. Hopefully we hopefully we helped you. I I, I can think at the end that's all we want to do. We want to inspire you to grow Dahlias. Hopefully, if you don't already or get better at growing them, it's a process for all of us. So thank you so much for joining us again. We really, really love having your feedback. So if you really like what you're hearing, please hit the subscribe button. That way you won't miss future episodes and you'll get a little notification saying, hey, dirtbag, you got a new episode. (laughs) We really hope that you guys are enjoying spending your Fridays with us. I know that we're really loving hearing your feedback. So if you have really loved the podcast, share it with a friend. You know we would love that. Um, plus, if you could leave us a review, a review, that would be amazing. One lucky insider a month, we're going to be offering a 15-minute free on-air coaching call. And we'll definitely be do, doing that a lot uh, over the winter time because I know that's when we're all doing our business planning you know, for next year. So we're really looking forward to talking to you and helping encouraging you that way. So please leave us a review and we would love to hear from you. So continue the conversation over at Instagram at Dirt on Flowers. Make sure you share this episode. And of course, sign up for our email list, which is always in our show notes to become a Dirt on Flower insider. So thank you so much. We really hope you gained a lot from this. And we will talk to you at the same time, same place next week. 